Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about how to choose your fixed interest rate. So right now, while interest rates are really high, people are really considering, what should I go for? Do I go for the 12 months? Do I go for the 18 months? Two, three? How long should I fix my interest rate for? And which one should I choose? And so we wanted to do a podcast about here. Yeah, actually do it. Now, Andrew, what are we trying to do or achieve by choosing our fixed interest rate? So two things. We're firstly trying to get the lowest average interest rate over the next five years. Now, in hindsight, if we had that time machine. Oh, wait, I'll bring it in. Oh, no, that's the wrong sound effect. Come on. Oh, there we go. What year are we oh, in Oh, we're now? back in 2021. Oh, my skin is so much more, more, more lifted. <laughs> anyway, we're back in 2021. The interest rates were really low. And the five-year interest rate was absolutely the smartest thing to do. Now, we weren't recommending that, were we? Well, it was 2.99% back then. 2.99%. And we said, no, no, fix for a year. Now, looking back, that 2.99% interest rate was a pretty good interest rate. Now, what's important to note, though, was it wasn't the lowest rate. But when you think about, okay, over the next five years, if you'd locked in for five years back then, over that average, over the next half a decade, that would have actually delivered the lowest average interest rate over that time period. So it's not necessarily about choosing the lowest rate today. It's about what's going to give us the lowest average interest rate over the next couple of years. Yeah, which actually takes me to my next point. If we chose the lowest interest rate today, that would be the five-year interest rate. But the five-year interest rate probably isn't what you want to be fixing for today. Because what if interest rates come down over time? So step one is to try and get the lowest rate over multiple years. So generally, if you think that interest rates are going to go up over the next couple of years, you'll probably want to lock in for longer. You might go for a three, four, five year. If you think that interest rates are going to track down to over the next couple of years and you've got a fixed rate renewal coming up, you'll tend to lock in for shorter because you're thinking, oh, I want to get the benefit of those lower interest rates when they come. And if you think that interest rates are going to stay the same for the next couple of years, well, what you'd probably do is lock in for whatever the lowest rate is. So it's about trying to think, oh, can we get that lowest average rate? But there's a second thing as well, Andrew. The other thing is the sleep test, because let's face it, we all have a big mortgage that we're having to pay, and some of us want to have some certainty around what the repayments are going to be over the next two, three, four, five years. And so there are a lot of people that might actually elect to go for the five-year interest rate, even though it might not average out to be the best rate. It gives you the certainty and the guarantee of what your repayments are going to be over the well, next five years. what sort of people would tend to go for that? Who would say, oh, I'm not as worried about getting the lowest interest rate. I want certainty, so I'm going to lock in for longer. Often people with low debt, because if you've got low debt, it probably doesn't matter that much. And if you're paying your loan back at an aggressive speed, and also people who maybe are on pretty fixed incomes or lower incomes, maybe then you need certainty around what your contributions are going to be. So I want to give you three strategies in this podcast about how you can decide, well, which interest rate do I want to go for? And strategy number one is to just lock in for the one-year interest rate blindly. No matter what happens, I'm just going to go one year. I basically do this. And the reason is that historically, the one-year rate has been the lowest on average. So let's say you took out a mortgage 10 years ago. Well, your one-year rate was 6.88%, and that was lower than the two-year rate. This is back in 2004. 
Oh, wait. We're back in our time machine now. Here we go again. No dance this time. Oh, well, I'm 12, I'm 12 years old back at Hawaii Intermediate. <laughs> and um, <laughs> sorry about this. He is a bit cooked sometimes. <laughs> and what I've, what I've done is, though, is I've created an analysis of, okay, let's say that from 2004 through to today, 20 years, you locked in blindly. You either locked in the one-year rate and it changed every year, or you locked in the two-year rate and every two years it ended up changing. And what we can see when we graph it out is that sometimes the one-year rate is higher than the two-year rate, but sometimes that one-year rate ends up being significantly lower because it's more responsive. So I'll give you a really good example. If in 2004 you did that strategy, you either lock in for the one-year rate and it changes every year, or you lock in for the two-year rate and it changes every two years, there would have been a time back in about 2008 where interest rates all of a sudden plummeted now, if you'd locked in with the one-year rate, you would have got the advantage of that. If you'd locked in for two years, you wouldn't have got it as quickly. And so over time, over the last 20 years, on average, the one-year rate has been cheaper. Now, what's interesting is it's even more stunning when you compare that with the five-year rate. So if you were back then, 2004, if you were going to either say, I'm just going to lock in for one year consistently and it's going to change every year, or I'm going to lock in for five years and it's going to change every five years, we see that, well, initially, gosh, it would have been better to lock in for that five-year rate because from 2004 through to about 2008, the one-year rate rose from about 7% up to about over 9.5%. So locking in for five years, that would have been smart back then. But over time, that one-year rate has come down really, really quickly. And so if you'd chosen that, I'm just going to lock in one year no matter what, you would have been significantly better off over time. And I've actually looked at, okay, if I was to take one of those strategies, so either I just lock in for one year no matter what, over the last 20 years, the average interest rate would have been about 5.8%. If you'd said, no matter what, I'm going to lock in for two years every single time, it would have been 6.1%, so 0.3% higher. If you'd chosen three years, it would have been just under 6.3%. If you'd locked in for five years, no matter what, it would have been 6.9%. And so what we do tend to see is that if you fix for the one-year rate, on average, your interest rate will tend to be lower. That's what we've seen over the last 20 years. Now, it's not always lower. Sometimes it's a bit higher than it would have otherwise been. But generally, it tends to be lower on average. Now, if you were to do this over the last 20 years, you would have saved somewhere between 30 and $100,000. And if you had a $500,000 mortgage on principal and interest, if you'd just locked in for the one-year rate, no matter what, you would have saved 30 grand compared to if you'd just locked in for the two-year rate, no matter what. You would have saved almost 40 grand compared to if you had locked in for the three-year rate, no matter what. And you would have saved $95,000 over the last 20 years if you'd just locked in for the one-year rate, no matter what, compared to the five-year rate, no matter what. It's quite, quite big when you think about it that way. Now, of course, those interest rates will change all the time, right? But it's all about, well, at what point do you lock it in? And then what happens to interest rates over that period? And this is just what would have happened over the last 20 years between 2004 right through and up to today. So that's why my preference is to say, you know what? Who the hell knows where interest rates are going? History tells me the one-year rate tends to be cheaper if you just lock in no matter what. I'm pretty happy with that level of risk. And so that's my strategy. Now, Andrew, you've got another strategy that sometimes investors use. What's that one? That's splitting your mortgage. This is uh, having a horse in both races. So 
you don't have to have your one 500k mortgage as one fixed interest rate. So a lot of investors I work with might hedge their bets and put 250,000 on a one-year fix and 250,000 on a five-year fixed or a two-year fix or a three-year fix. And so that can be a way that you can dollar cost average, I guess, by making sure that you've got a, a bit of some of that longer term fixed and some of the shorter term. And of course, if you take that strategy, you're never going to get the lowest average interest rate, right? You're going to get somewhere in between, but you are going to get an average and you'll be somewhere in the middle. Now, tell me about maybe an investor or a borrower who you've worked with where that's worked out really well for them. So there was an investor that I just did a review for recently, and they've got quite a big chunk of their investment lending on the five-year interest rate at 2.99. They were doing exactly that strategy, some on five years, some on one year. And as a result, they've ended up with some really good five-year interest rates. And that's where you say, well, a lot of economists are saying interest rates are going to stay low, but maybe they won't. So let's lock in at what is a very good interest rate right now. And of course, now, even though they've got 7% on some of their shorter term stuff, it kind of averages out to around that 5%. So it's still cheap. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Now, one other strategy you could use is to run the numbers properly. So what you can do is take a bit of a guess. For everybody on YouTube, you can see this, but for everybody on the podcast, yes, of course, I've made a spreadsheet. And what I've done is I've looked at today's current interest rates, the lowest ones on the market for the one, two, three, four, and five-year rate. And of course, the reason why some people like myself lock in for one year right now is that we think that interest rates are going to come down over time. But of course, if we think interest rates are going to come down, the one-year rate is currently 0.75% above the lowest five-year rate. And in fact, that lowest one-year rate comes from Kiwi Bank. Some other banks are charging, you know, about 0.2%. Oh, I did that specifically oh, for you rather yeah, yeah, than 0.2%. Right. Because uh, yeah. of our we fight the other day. 0.2, 0.45% above that, some of them. And so the question is, well, if I'm going to lock in for the one-year rate rather than the five-year rate, what does my average interest rate have to be over the next four years in order for that decision, me to pay more today, to make that worth it? And the answer is 6.07%. So what you'd have to say to yourself is locking in for the one-year rate makes sense if you believe that over the next five years or the four years after that, you're able to get an average interest rate of less than, call it 6%. If you believe that's going to be true, then you should lock in for the one-year rate, at least compared to the five-year rate, if that's what you're choosing between. So would it be fair to say, well, given the Reserve Bank thinks that that's going to be true, it would be a pretty educated guess to go with that? I think that would be a fair assumption. I haven't seen the modelling you're referring to in terms of the Reserve Bank saying that the one-year fixed interest rate will get there, but I think it's a fair comment. Now, if you're comparing the two-year rate with the five-year rate, and you say, okay, I'm going to lock in for 6.85, what would interest rates have to come down to in order to make that decision to be worth it, locking in for two years, rather than the lowest rate today, which is the five-year. And the answer is that once that fixed term comes up, after you've paid your 6.85% for two years, the average interest rate over the next three years would have to be 5.85%. Again, I think that's probably quite reasonable. That would expect that we might see interest rates come in under that. So that's where even though the higher interest rate is painful today, it may make more sense. It may be cheaper over the long run compared to paying or choosing the lowest interest rate today. And we've even got it for the three-year rate. Currently, the minimum is about 6.7%. When does that make sense? If 
in three years' time, we see interest rates drop under 6.6%. So that kind of gives you a sense of, well, what are my assumptions about interest rates? Where do I think they're going to go? And does that make sense? Do I actually want to go for a higher rate today rather than the lowest rate because I'm trying to get to the lowest average rate? It's quite a good spreadsheet. I'll give it away for free. No, Maybe I what I'll should. do. I think you should make that available. Actually, yeah, all the formulas actually work. So, um, <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean is I haven't yeah, hard-coded yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Don't make it seem like my <laughs> formulas don't work, Andrew You're the Nicole. one that said it. What I could do is I'll you, give that to well, our mortgage advice as well. Pretty no, I don't want to pretty it up. Oh, right. Maybe I'll give it away. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, but the <laughs> link's down in the description <laughs> if you want it. <laughs> if you ever wondered how we make decisions, that's how. <laughs> so I'll link that spreadsheet down in the description for you guys on YouTube and also uh, you guys on the podcast. I know that this might seem a bit like number heavy and complicated, but it's really about saying, well, do I want to go for today's lowest interest rate or do I want to lock in for something else? And when you say, well, if it's lower than, in this case, 6.1%, if you believe that over the next four years, interest rates are going to come down to under 6.1% on average, then you should go for the one-year rate today rather than the five-year rate if those are the two that you're weighing up. So it just gives you that way of saying, well, what do I think is going to happen? Just remembering, though, with the disclaimer that that's assuming that the 6.99% is affordable today because, again, if your budget's really tight and you have to get the cheapest interest rate because your income's capped, then maybe 6.25 is still the right answer. That's absolutely the right call there. Now, Andrew, how do you specifically decide what to go for? I've been going one-year fix for a long, long time, as long as I can remember. Just lock it in and lock see what in. happens. Yeah, just forget about it. Yeah, and I do think your point is right about you've got to make sure that you can afford it because for some people, they're going to say, bugger this, I'm going to go 6.25%. I don't want to play any guessing games. That's the right decision for me. I can afford that over the next five years, and so that's what I'm going to go for. And that is a perfectly fine decision because that's what's going to work for you, and this is about giving you some strategies for saying, well, how am I going to go about making that decision? Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. really does help us get the message out to more people. If you're listening to the audio version of this on your podcast, you might like to check out the YouTube. Just Google Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be the first thing that comes up. If you're on the YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. really helps us with that YouTube algorithm. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.